Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, everybody, how's it going? We're already starting off with a bang, aren't we? Oh, my God. The Internet's having issues already, and uh, it's going to be one of those days. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, I hope. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state, which means we can help you out if you think you might have something paranormal going on, whether it's ghostly, UFO, you name it, cryptid. We can do that. It might take us a while to get to you because California is this huge state. And uh, people don't realize just, you know, we have the sandy beaches. We have the deserts. We have the, you know, we have farmland. We have a lot of rural areas. But uh, we will get to you. And in that case, you know, it never takes more than two days. And in the case that we can't get you right away, we do have sensitives on staff who can. Hang on one second. Let me adjust. We have sensitives on staff who can call you. And kind of try to settle things down in your house or business. And uh, that, that'll help till we get out there. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm just let you guys know up front here. I've got a new ticker running along the bottom. You're going to see a lot of changes with the show coming up um, over the next year. But I have a ticker running. Um, normally our expenses for this show run about $300. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with everybody. It's just not happening this month so far, and I need to keep. You know, I want to. I want to keep this show on. I want to keep it productive and coming to you guys. And if you could help me out with that, any, anything will help, right? Because we want to keep. We want to keep broadcasting. We've been doing this four years, and we've been keeping it going. And uh, this month is just really, really slow for some reason. So uh, if, if you feel in your heart to help donate, and you're not required to, I'm just asking because I'm trying to reach that $300 goal. That's PayPal.me forward slash California Haunts Radio, or you could do that at Venmo if you have a Venmo under California Haunts. I'd really appreciate it. That being said, um, I have a couple classes going. I have just started an EVP class for people that are interested in learning how to process EVPs the proper way. Not only that, you know, procedures on how to get EVPs and obtain really good ones. Uh, My team's been doing this for 18 years, so... uh, I think we've got the experience to teach, and so that's what I'm trying to teach. If you guys are interested, if there's some ghost hunters out there who uh, want to improve their ability to get EVPs, uh, come you know come on out to the class at our meetup, CaliforniaHauntsMeetup.com, and uh, join us over there for an EVP class. I also talk. I not only talk about how to obtain these EVPs, but I also talk about how to um, process them, what software to use, what to, what filters we use. When, when we process them, I talk about the categories of EVPs because there are categories. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in, mosey on over to the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup site. Also, we do have other things going on, such as Meditation Club that I'm trying to build up. And with the Meditation Club, that's a month's worth of meditations. And that's three to four days a week that we meditate and we do, we do health stuff, we do other things. And we, you know, we talk about a lot of this. So if you're interested in that, it's not just about meditation. It's about your well-being and things like that, that, that we discussed. That would be great too. And that's also at the meetup. So check out the meetup page. Currently over on the California Haunts Radio Patreon page. All you have to type in is California, California Haunts Radio Patreon. Currently at the California Haunts Radio Patreon page, I did do a pre-recorded interview 
uh, yesterday, and it's sitting up over there, and that's one of the perks for Patreons is that this show that I recorded yesterday is not going to air till the 17th, 17th of October. So you get early bird views of pre-recorded interviews. So if you're interested in something like that, head on over there. Karen Clark is going to be joining me over there. And we're going to do some psychic readings, live psychic readings over on the Patreon for Patreon members. So uh, there's a little incentive to come over there and join the Patreon, right? Because that's going to be a special interview. And Nancy Mass will be joining me over there to do some discussions as well. And uh, hopefully we can get some of our guests to come on over there as, as well. Okay, that being said, let me see what's going on with email with, with, uh, with Reagan. See if he's having trouble getting in. Let me send him a link again real quick. And um, Okay. All right, we're ready to go. So let me send him another link really quick from StreamYard. And uh, we'll see if we can get him in there. He's ready. It looks like he's... I just got an acknowledging email that he is coming in. So it's a matter of maybe I got... <laughs> maybe the link went wrong. It's been one of those days. I'm going to let you guys know, too... Um, Xfinity has been acting up a lot in Sacramento, and um, there's a lot of people that have been out. I was out for four hours last night, and so just in case something goes wrong, and let me get this going here. Let me invite him one more time. I'm going to send him a link. And just in case something goes wrong with Xfinity, do not go anywhere. I will be back. I will get this thing up and running on my on my cell phone. Okay, just give me a second. Hopefully he can get in. Okay, all right. And then I'm going to go ahead and let him know we're live. And we are live, okay. He may be having trouble getting in, so... Okay, I'll just send it out. Okay. Anyway, so if something goes wrong with Xfinity tonight and I disappear off the face of the earth, do not panic. I will be back. I I, I I have my iPhone ready to go. I've got my headset ready to go for the iPhone. So if something should go wrong with the you know with Xfinity, I will definitely be back via my iPhone to finish the show off. Okay, well, you know, this is the time that groups like mine really start to shine, right? This is the time. This is spooky time of year right now. And um, like everybody else, I'm just starting to get my decorations up for Halloween. I'm just trying, starting to figure stuff out. And it's, it's so far, it's looking good. You know, so far I'm getting ideas and I'm throwing, throwing ideas. I'm having to write them down. I get so many ideas, you know, for like the holidays and for, for Halloween, especially that I have to write this stuff down. So that's what I was doing this afternoon was writing down a bunch of ideas for Halloween. And um, yeah, so it's coming along nicely. Uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress. So. By the time the 31st rolls around, boom, you know, I'm going to be set and good to go. Uh, our Halloween show will be on the 30th, and we will be featuring Ghosts of Disney, Disneyland, Disneyland, Disney World. We're going to, Karen Clark and I will be here talking about that, and it should be an inter, you know, should be an interesting show because uh, the last time I went to Disneyland last year, which was last January, the end of last January, I was there. I had someone who was sensitive with me at that time as well. So she had some feelings going on, like on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and different places like that. So it should prove to be an interesting um, show because I can combine some of her info in with Karen, you know, what Karen Clark picked up when she was out there. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. 
So anyway, I want to talk about a couple things. You know, tell Raymond comes in if there's something that happens with with Reagan, we can always continue the conversation together. Uh, you know, ghost setting itself has changed so much, and I, I was reminded of that the other day when uh, Heather Lay was on the show, and she, you know, she's been doing this for thirty years. I've been doing this for eighteen years, and it has changed a lot from what it was when we all first started in, in this industry. Certainly, the equipment has changed. Um, Certainly, people's attitudes toward towards it has changed. I remember initially when I first started uh, ghost hunting, how we used to have to walk in on eggs to ask people if you know if we could investigate their location. Or I remember like shooting in, in cities like Woodland, and and you have to sometimes if you're shooting video, you have to let people know that you're going to be shooting video, even though we were just doing it with with like camcorders. But it's still like a respect thing to let people know that you're going to be shooting and. I remember going into the city, to, to the city hall in uh, Woodland and talking with, with the city employees. And I remember kind of towing the ground and, and, and stepping around on it because at that time they thought we were all weirdos, you know? Oh, good. There's Reagan and uh, I'll finish what I'm saying here and then we'll get into the interview. But at that time, um, you know, they thought we were all weirdos. So that was back 18 years ago. And I remember that and ghost adventures had just come out and, I love Ghost Adventures. I love to watch Ghost Adventures. Don't get me wrong. But back then, they were jumping out windows because they were acting like they were scared of stuff. So that didn't help, you know, what people thought of people like me, right? So I was, <laughs> I would always go in and say, we're not like Ghost Adventures. We, we don't do that. You know, so you always had to prove that. But now it's changed so much because people are so into it. All the TV shows and all that. It's nice. It's nice to talk with people about it because now you can freely go out on the street, go to a restaurant or whatever and be talking about it. And no one's going to laugh at you and point at you and, and think you're a weirdo. I do have a book coming out and it'll be out this year. I can make that announce, not this year, but 2024. Um, I'm really excited about it. It'll be my first published book about ghost hunting. And it's going to, and it's, it's, it's going to concentrate on how it was in the beginning days and how it was for me being a journalist and doing this, you know, you know, and looking at things and growing up in a haunted house and all this. And so I'm going to be looking at, at different places that we have ghost hunted. Also, for a quick update, we are going to do one or two live investigations this month. You guys will get to watch. Uh, I don't know when those dates are going to be, so stand by on those. And, okay, and uh, you're going to see a lot more of my team. I'm going to start doing 15-minute uh, interviews with my team members in my big studio. And I want you guys to get to know my team so that... Uh, you understand, you know, it's just it's like a one-on-one -on -one thing. It makes it easier when, when we do this because we're going to start filming our documentary. We're going to be doing a documentary on the old hotels in the gold country. And so I'm starting to set all that up and line all that stuff up with my team. So we're going to see a lot of us this, this, this coming year. 2024 is going to be the year of California haunts. You know, we're going to reemerge like we used to be because we used to be everywhere. And so we're going to start reemerging, including with this show. You're going to see a lot more on this show as well, you know. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm thinking about doing a little something over at AMP, and that would probably be on Saturday nights. I don't know. You know, I don't know what I want to do over there yet. Of course, Karen and I have our show coming up that we're going to start up on YouTube, and I'm hoping to start that next week. So we're going to have that show coming up. But it won't be just on YouTube. Obviously, it'll be through StreamYard over YouTube and stuff that you guys can join us over there as well. So we got a lot going on, and uh, I hope you guys join us, especially with over at TikTok. You know, people are afraid of TikTok, but um, I've got a, I got 2,500 followers over there, and uh, we're having a ball over TikTok, and I want to do a lot more over TikTok as well. Plus, going to school. You know, I'll, I'll be starting school here 
hopefully within the next two or three weeks. And uh, that'll help me learn how to do this a lot better. It'll help me, you know, with uh, seeing the trends and everything as well. Okay, I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to bring uh, Reagan in. Reagan has been on the show before, and we had a great time with him. And this time, we're going to be talking about visiting heaven. So I'm excited about that. So let's bring him on in. Hi, Charlotte. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't realize. I looked on my thing. It's been almost three years since I was on your show. I mean, I, to me, I would say a year. I don't yeah. know. Time, time is just squishing together. It's like I can't believe how fast these, you know, the, the, it's like Halloween comes along to me. It seems like every three months instead of every year now. You know? It's just going so fast. I know. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's because we're getting older or what's going on. But... I, I know there's, you know, some people in the metaphysical community and they talk about um, how time has actually sped up and how, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20, what used to be feel like 24 hours is now like 18 hours or something. But that's yeah. the way it, fe- it sure feels like that, you know. Hey, I, I could really relate to what you were saying about being able to talk about things more openly now than, than um, especially in the last three or four years, seems to be a big mm-hmm. shift. Like if I'm at a party with m- my wife as um, um, a big businesswoman, and um, uh, she, I'm at a lot of parties and stuff with her uh, that I go to, and you know, people we start talking, they ask what I do, and before long, that's all anybody's talking about in the whole room, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's just it's like I have to like um, if it's a private party, a lot of times have to say, well, you know, this is this woman's party or whatever. And, and we need to put a focus on that rather than on what I'm doing. But I'm surprised at just how open it is. You know, I was just on coast to coast um, uh, about oh, three or four weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, I had like, you know, 4000 people go to my website in, you know, wow. in one day, you know. So, um, and I, my books are my three hours, 33 minutes in heaven. The book I wrote about my experiences, it's like, mm-hmm. I got my first big residual check from that, you know? So <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting, but it's, it seems to be the people coming to me now are, it's still, uh, I would say the average age is probably 55 to 60, you mm-hmm. know, cause I've had people in their eighties and seventies, but it's, it's usually people that are you know, they've been kicked around by life enough and they're mm-hmm. getting to the point where they're really going, okay, what is life really all about? You know, mm-hmm. why am I here? Why have I had to go through so many difficulties and, and, and gotten beat up so much, you know, and they want to find this just frustrates them. And that's, what's nice about what I do with these, um, with the Newton Institute and our protocol is that you know, we just passed the 70,000 mark of, Wow. of uh, people that have been able to do this and it's about 90 percent successful so it blows mm-hmm. our mind this seems to be charlotte like a natural thing that everybody can do when you have you bring in the right circumstances um and uh the easiest way i've been able to explain it what we do is we just follow the process of um, falling asleep uh, we just do it on cue rather than waiting for someone to get you know tired and fall asleep mm-hmm. so all they're doing is listening to my voice and I'm, I'm having them uh, feel the, the tension in their head release and they in their neck release and shoulders release. And, you know, as we go down and, and it's the same process that happens, like when you go to sleep at night, you don't just hit a switch and you're out. There's a process right. that kind of where you go down and down and down and pretty soon you wake up and it's the next day, you know. So 
we found out that right when someone gets just about to fall asleep and they're they, it's or just it's, it's the same feeling I, I think of it more as the feeling I have when I just begin to wake up that first few seconds when I, and I hear something in the other room and I realize oh I'm in a dream right now do I finish this dream do I wake up or whatever you're kind of in that twilight state and that's where the magic happens and people have this ability to access all they've ever been before you know through past lives um, of the times that they've been on you know back home as we call it back in heaven or the afterlife um, and that's why I think it's so successful because this is a natural a natural thing and it was funny I did a, a session recently in Los Angeles with a woman her uh, grandmother died of COVID and um, the the she couldn't go to see her because there was still it was it's a time when when you just couldn't fly over there to, from mm -hmm. to Belarus uh, where her grandma was and her grandma was the person she loved most in the whole world you know she, she the grandmother brought her up even more than her mom did you know um, mm -hmm. and she was devastated when her grandma died and so she wanted to see if she could talk to her in the afterlife and you know have some kind of closure on her mm -hmm. passing and so um, she went immediately i mean probably 10 15 minutes she's in this deep state of relaxation or trance and um she went to a past life no problem it was just like so easy uh then there's her guide or angel that showed up and the guide took us up there and um she's before the council which everybody gets to do this gets to go before their own council, own special council yeah everyone is different everybody has a different council and they're these uh, advanced souls that are there just for you to answer any questions you have about your life. Well, anyway, it's just going so smooth. And then she just, she's laying on the therapy bed and she just sits up with her eyes wide open and she goes, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. It's too easy. <laughs> and so it, it, by that point we were into the session about four hours. So we decided, look, uh, you know, because uh, just time constraints and everything. I said, well, hey, look, I'm going to be back down to L.A. in a few months. Let's uh, continue then. And mm -hmm. when I came back in a couple of months, she had thought about it. And she goes, Regan, that was so dumb of me to just sit up and say it's too easy. But I could I my logical mind was saying that this this, you know, she was thinking it had to be more like Twilight Zone or mm -hmm. something instead of it being a natural ability and easy for people to do. So in the second session, she came back. It was marvelous. And she got to see her grandma found out that her grandma was actually her guide that it embodied in wow. the physical to help her personally in her life. I mean, wow, how special is that when your guide you know, cool. comes down yeah, to mentor you? And um, they, they were going to double team the mom because grandma said that her, you know, her, her daughter, which was my client's mom, mm -hmm. was having a hard time spiritually with things. So grandma says, well, I'm going to work on her from this side. You work on her from the other side and we'll get her on uh we'll get her going here you know so it was uh it was interesting uh but the thing you do with ghosts and everything i've been ever since i was a kid i was like i was one of the ones that would want to hear all that stuff i would even though it was seemed weird because i didn't understand or know and right. i've been i've been really happy to, even these tv shows that bring an awareness to people you know about you know with all this the the electronic stuff that you have now and mm -hmm. there's so many ways of of uh communicating you know, or things from from uh, the ghost, but I still, I I don't understand all, all the stuff about ghosts because it's never really come up with uh, the hundreds of sessions I've done here. We're just doing something else, uh, mm -hmm. but 
um, I'm hoping to maybe get a client or something pretty soon that's really into that big time and can ask the appropriate questions to get some answers to some things, you know, sure. uh, because the best I can tell, and this is just my, from the little bit that I know, and you probably figured out a lot more than me in what you do, but it seems like some souls have a hard time crossing over, you know, they're mm -hmm. like somehow they're confused or they have such um they have uh, s such a desire to be human or to not leave mm -hmm. this world that somehow they have that ability to just kind of hang around for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and because we found out on the other side, there's no time and space. I mean, what down here, you could have a ghost in a house for 50 years and it's a moment over there, you know, or, right. you know, something. So uh, because some people think, well, this is dumb. Has, how, how has it been a hundred years and that soul has still never crossed over, you know, or why are they mm -hmm. still haunting this, this one place, you know? Um, so what you do has to be very exciting. Uh, but do you, uh, just let me ask you some questions here about what you okay. do. Okay. Like w when you're on a case and you're doing something, have you ever got to the point where you like feared for your life or it was just too scary and you had to run like hell to get out of there? Or are you usually able with what you know now, are you able to manage the situation to to not have that fear of of the unknown? I've had uh, I've had cases kind of like that. Uh, we had one out in Rockland, that, oh, in this house. I know this Rockland. Yeah, this residence in Rockland that we were at, and I had I, I had it going like the hot phone. I had three psychics. I had three phones going because I wanted to know what we were dealing with. And the team when they were inside were experiencing. Uh, big objects being moved, pounding against the walls, and things like that. And then when I got the one, when I got the call from the one psychic that said, "It, it looks like it's inhuman. It looks like a banshee." I pulled the team out. Oh, said, banshees you know, are banshees are a big deal, right? Or, yeah, yeah. I said, <clears throat> in other words, they 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 exude a lot of power. Yeah. So I told them, wow. I said, "We're in over, we're in over our heads. We we got to go." But we do have people on staff to handle that stuff. We. We have a shaman on staff. We have Native Americans on staff that can do that. Or I have a friend that's that's in the clergy that, that, that will come out to deal yeah. with that stuff. Like but, somebody, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you need somebody that's really equipped and can handle that energy then. Uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. I guess go head-to-head -head with the banshee or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's all about <laughs> safety. I mean, if something gets, yeah. if, you, if you run into something like that. And for us, it's rare, you know, those kind of cases, those types of cases are rare and far between, but you do run into them. You do run into the demons. Yeah. Every so often, and you can pretty much tell. I know I did a house, a friend's house out in Sacramento, and I brought it home with me without oh. realizing it. And oh, as I was no. doing the post work, as I was going over the EVPs and going over the evidence, I was getting scratched. You could just clearly see the scratches on my arms where it was scratching. Oh my gosh! Well, so I had this to, is, yeah, yes, wow. Ahead. I mean, it's funny because some of this stuff, even what I do. People don't really, really, really believe it until they experience it firsthand. Right. You know, right. like with, with me, if I hadn't been to the other side two times now, like I went another time, um, mm -hmm. a second time now, which was uh, uh, wasn't quite as dramatic as the first, but I was there on business where 28 of us therapists swapped sessions over the internet. You know, we were doing it on Zoom and we each took turns t taking each other to the other side and we asked about COVID and the vaccines and things, you know, like. 28 of us asked the same exact questions and then mm -hmm. we compiled it all just to see, cause that's his research, what you do. Right. It's not right. just what one person does and like right. what you're doing now too. I mean, if, if something just happens one time, your mind goes, 
I wonder if that even happened or did this happen right. or whatever. Right. But when it happens over and over and over again at different places with different people and everything, that's what research is all about, right? Well, that's and, the thing. Yeah, we keep meticulous records when we're out. You know, each team member has to fill out a report, you know, after wow. the investigation. I have, five, five, <laughs> I, have, a, I have like four filing cabinets full. So if I run into a case, let's say out, out, out in Rockland, that is similar to something that happened three or four or five years ago. I know to go to a certain filing cabinet, look that up, and I can compare them. Wow. Hey, you know, you would be a great guest. For, I was on a podcast yesterday. It's called Vestiges After Dark. And if you remember that, you should um, just tell me, talk to Regan or have me call him because they are, It this is uh, the fourth time I was on their show. It's with a bishop, a Catholic bishop, wow, uh, a nun, cool. a nun, and the Catholic bishop does exorcisms. Okay, so okay. this should be right along your alley there. That's you right in my really... alley, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll have to do that. Talk. Oh I'll my gosh, you're going to be a I'll wonderful have... guest on there. It's called, and they're they're just, I tell you, they become, I just feel like they're like my best friends now. I mean, it's just, it's just like you. You have this beautiful, nice personality that's, <laughs> you know, you're not all stuck up and stayed. You're just easy going and friendly and easy to talk to. And um, the third one that's on the show is uh, a priest from Australia. His name's uh, Father Chris, and the three of them just have this beautiful combination. So the first part of the show, he'll be answering questions that the Catholics call in about the Bible, about the church, you uh -huh. know, stuff like this. And um, he's on the fringes. He says they haven't kicked me out as a bishop yet because he allows everybody to talk about ghosts and aliens uh -huh. and out-of-body experiences and the things that I do. Uh, because he just says, you know, people need to know about all this stuff, you know, uh -huh. um, and and not just shut our eyes off to something just because we're afraid to look at it or something. Um, right. But I can, yeah, I can see that being a really fun show, you know. That, that sounds do. like fun. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, yeah it's just it's vestiges, it. vestiges after dark. You can okay. say, hey, you talked to Regan. Regan said you'd be a good guest and and your subject matter, especially with him doing exorcisms, would be perfect. You know, absolutely on there absolutely. so wow in this last three years whew, i can't just again i can't believe how fast things go i mean how crazy it is mm -hmm. um and but it seems like the more that i do this you know the busier that i get and the people that's that i seem to run into to come to me for sessions it's it's like it's like meeting old friends or something you know mm -hmm. i mean they just it just seems to be a good match um mm -hmm. you know uh, between us um like today, I did, I did a session today. It was a, a Zoom session. Um, I, I've been doing, because of Coast to Coast, I've started doing the, the Zoom sessions. And I'm really shocked, you know, that it's just as successful when we're doing Zoom as if I'm right there in person. Uh -huh. um, although because it's such an intimate thing and it's life-changing for a lot of people, um, you know, I, I, of the two, I would prefer, uh, you know, in person. But now that this can be done on Zoom, and we didn't know that until COVID uh -huh. came, you know, when COVID came, we started experimenting, and we went, "Wow, this is working." When, and when I was on this, other, when I went to heaven the second time to the afterlife, uh -huh. um, I'm so I'm sitting in my chair, and the, the other therapist has put me in trance, and I did like a lot of my clients do, and like you know, I got in my left side of my brain, and I'm going, "Is this really happening?" You know, I mean, I'm just starting to see these images and. I don't feel as deep as I was in my first time when I had that amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden there's the council. Uh, late C, this Chinese looking gentleman uh, was in my first session. He was the one that was there that was answering my questions and answered the questions about COVID and everything. 
Um, and I, and still part of my mind is going, am I just making this junk up? You know, but then what happened was, is there were six people on my, on my, on the elders that were on my uh, council and they moved apart and they put a chair there and in walked Michael Newton, who's the one who discovered this whole process. And he passed away about eight or nine years ago now. And I'd never met him. He, he had passed away about six months before I got my training. So I always felt bad that I never got to meet him because everybody said what a wonderful human being he was. Mm-hmm. When he walked in and sat down there, I'm here just in the same chair right here. And I started bawling like a baby. I mean, it got something that was like erupting in me. And I started crying. And then my left brain got out of the way and I went, Regan, just cool it. You're there, <laughs> you know, and then I had a great conversation with Michael and um, he never would have proved doing online sessions before, but now he's, he said technology's changed. It's not like 20 years ago when the internet was, you know, was not, we didn't have the capabilities that we have now. And right. he, he said all these new things now, it says what we need to do, like you're doing your podcast, you know, like I just finished a three-year podcast with a medium that we did a three-year podcast and we just finished uh-huh. it because we're getting too busy to keep it up right now. And she's just doing it on Wednesdays and I'm on uh, every third Wednesday of the, of the month, just one time a month now instead of every week. So uh, anyway, he was just saying things have changed now. And he said for people that are light workers like you, you know, giving more, you're just expanding the conscious of people to other possibilities. Mm-hmm. And even though it's ghosts and everything, I consider that very spiritual in itself because what you're doing is you're proving to people and people are seeing that, you know, we're more than this body. You know, mm-hmm. that there's, you know, where this body is temporary and these ghosts and whatever, that there's other worlds, there's other things out there to experience. So um, Michael said what they were concerned over there about is just each one of us like you, like me, that are doing this kind of work. Our job is to just put the information out there to try to help people mm-hmm. to go the next step up from wherever they're at, you know, in in and this awareness that there's more to the world and more to their life than just what they see. You know, mm-hmm. um, he said it might be as simple as getting somebody to find a spiritual path that they like or somebody to learn, uh, go to yoga and do something like that or mindfulness or, um, you know, join a group where they go out and help the homeless or something, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that, that because everybody, you and me, we're all at a different place on this ladder of wherever we're going, you know, of an awareness. Um, and, what we need to do is look behind and see who's the next rung down from us and reach out mm-hmm. our hand to them and say, Hey, look, I, I've got a little more information than you have. Can I help pull you up to here? And then mm-hmm. as you do that, you look up and there's somebody ahead of you that's got their hand out to help you go up, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, we're just supposed to be here to help each other to walk home in a sense, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, now that we've done about 70,000 people, um, uh, you know, we're finding out more and more all the time. I'll tell you one thing that's been the theme, though, in the last year, we started asking the question when people are in a deep trance state. And mm-hmm. like when they're before the council, they get all their questions answered about their life. Like, why were they born? What's their mission? Uh, what did they hope to learn in this life? Um, why did they choose certain people to be like their parents? Their, you know, um, why do they have, does everybody seem to have a nemesis or someone that's we can't stand, you know, like what's the Mm -hmm. purpose of that and what are we supposed to learn? That sort of thing. We get that done. And then I'll say, Oh, one more question. Have you ever lived uh, incarnated in another planet or in another uh, 
dimension or something. And about 30% of my clients will say, yes, just like it's nothing. Yes. And then I'll say, well, you know, what, which was your favorite life in that? And then they'll mention some planet or some somewhere. And then I ask the council, can I have permission for my client to actually uh, take me there and describe what it was like? And whoa, it's probably like you when you get this, this information from the ghosts. I mean, when I have some of my clients and are on this planet and they look down and their bodies are different than human, but they're right. mostly they're mostly they have arms and legs and a head, but they're they're formed a little different. Um, and um, this one, it was just what a beautiful life. It was a beautiful life where this um, my client was like they were kind of bluish. This, you know, if you want to talk about skin colors, uh-huh. uh, they had really big heads. Mary, she says, wow. You know, because she's in trance, my client, she goes, wow, we all got these giant heads. And um, they were in a, a, a community. It was kind of like grass huts or something kind of thing like that. And everybody in the community was helping out. You know, it was like this, this in this lifetime, what she learned was how to work with others and how beautiful it is when you're in a community where everybody's working in unison without mm-hmm. negativity and without backbiting and backstabbing and all that. And um, that's what she learned in that, you know, when she passed away in that lifetime, uh, her her life's lesson was to have that experience, to learn to uh, learn to be a, a, a co-worker with everybody around her, you know, that way. Uh-huh. It was interesting. One of my clients, um, uh, he was a doctor from L.A. and this shocked him as much as it did me when he's when I had I asked that question. All of a sudden he says, I said, take me there. And he's on the spaceship. With, it's a small spaceship, but he was mining minerals from uh, another planet that they were supposed to take back to theirs because in his planet, they had 50 years when it was dark. If mm-hmm. you talk about Earth years, 50 years of darkness and 50 years of light. And during those years of darkness, a lot of their minerals got depleted that they'd used. And so they had to go to other planets to mine them to bring back to their their, their planet. So... Um, uh, when when he was done with the session, he said, wow, that he said, I couldn't have made that up. That was just too weird, you know, you know, kind uh-huh. of thing. But he said, man, I was there and I watched there was my co-pilot and and here we are. And I knew what my mission was. And, you know, so we're learning a lot about at, at one woman. What, what's interesting, sometimes when I have people go to past lives, they're not in bodies, they're energy. They're just pure energy. And they mm-hmm. they have the essence of themselves in uh, this one lady said. She said uh, when she was experiencing this past life, she says, I think this was my best, most beautiful, loving past life. And she found herself, her soul self was in the mist of the, wow. that was cool, that was surrounding the earth as it was cooling, you know, way, way back, you know. And she was using her soul energy to help to, um, uh, to, to help cool the earth as it was being formed. And she said it was bliss. I mean, just imagine just like in this mist and you're just floating in this bliss, you know, and that with, you know, she didn't have to worry about, um, <laughs> uh, you know, difficult relationships and, and things like that. She was just helping out, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's um, I don't know, it just gets more interesting, you know, that way. So I would I would like to learn more about uh, uh, ghosts and um, more about, too, about. Because so far in the 70,000 sessions we've done, we've not had any reported sessions where anybody experienced anything demonic or anything mm-hmm. of, a, of a negative nature. And the only thing I can figure from my own figuring out, this is just my own opinion, not I haven't mm-hmm. talked to a lot of the others, but 
it appears that <clears throat> I picture it like a like a high rise building of 20 floors and the 10 floors and below is like a different vibration and people are working on this negative positive thing and you know entities and they're they're being severely tested you know uh in, in that you know by having that experience of the good and the bad like the good guy bad guy but once once you vibrate at a certain level you're to say on starting at the 11th floor and on up uh, that's just not something that even is in your sphere of uh of possibility or influence you know that way um and that maybe that's why because <clears throat> pretty much in the research we find out everybody goes to the afterlife no matter if mm -hmm. you've been good or bad or whatever um and some people say well that's not fair people that did really horrible things shouldn't they have to pay well they do mm -hmm. in a way but not in the way some people think um like we haven't seen any instance or anything where when you get to the other side there's somebody mean and cruel to you that torments you or throws mm -hmm. you in a pit of fire or something um but they do help you to reconcile for the evil or the bad that you've done in your life and sometimes that means having to come back in another life and maybe experience the turmoil or the 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 you know and there was karma or you mm -hmm. reap in the bible it says you reap what you sow you know so it's it's either that sort of thing or um uh sometimes a person over there when they've been extremely bad and done a lot of what we consider down here done a lot of damage down here when they get to the other side and they're in their soul self again there it's it uh, this is just how i kind of made up how it is is kind of but they get before the council they're getting a review of their life and they're just they're going what did i do oh my god i got off course how could i have caused that oh my gosh i'm so disappointed in myself and they themselves choose to put themselves in like a timeout sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, uh, in other words, it's a place to go to kind of recharge a place to go to rethink things to, um, you know, to try to get back on track again. Mm -hmm. And in terms of years that that timeout could be hundreds of years in Earth time. But, you know, it's it's what a soul needs to do to have to, like, um, repair itself so that they don't come down and do the same thing the next time you know mm -hmm. so you know it's like nobody gets away with anything there's always a balance out there that and some people don't you believe it? i mean <clears throat> when you see some of the horrible things some people go through in this lifetime right i mean it's kind of worse than being in hell or what you would consider hell you know absolutely like a, like a self-created turmoil and everything they're going through you know absolutely in that way <clears throat> so when you talk about this council what beings are in this council are they angels or what are they oh yeah good question um that's what in doing being a researcher the first thing we ask when they get to their council is i say well are you inside or outside and they'll describe that i'll have them describe the setting um mm -hmm. you know where they're at uh more times it's it's there's always variations but but basically they'll be standing you know like if you were in court and you were standing there and the judge was up in front of you but mm -hmm. but uh generally they're not that high up above you so they don't make you feel like you're lower than them it could be like straight across from you or maybe slightly raised a little bit and then the next thing i do is i say okay i want you to count from left to right count how many uh, are on your council and i would say an average is maybe six you know mm -hmm. sometimes there's three or four the one i had today she had 12. And there she had 12 and i said okay now the next thing i say is how are you seeing them you know are do you see them as people are you see them as energy most of the time 
they see the council as um, it's kind of comes in and out where they see a little human form, but they're mostly mm -hmm. seeing colored energy. And I'll say, now, do they all have the same colored energy? And they'll say, well, no, this one over here has got mostly yellows and whites. And it's, it's interesting because when you're when the clients are in that state, it's a normal thing. It's like it's mm -hmm. like you're you're recognizing uh, like in this state, we would see a ball of energy would freak us out. But in that state, mm -hmm. oh, there's mom, there's dad. You know, they just know who it yeah. is from that energy, because as we found out that that's in our true state, we're conscious. We're just pure conscious energy, which you can see visibly as, uh, you know, different colors, different energies that are going mm -hmm. on. So then and now sometimes um, usually if they're wearing clothes like um, they're usually some sort of robe, you know, it's like that seems mm -hmm. to be the thing over there, you know, robes. Um, and, um, then the next thing I'll ask, well, do you see any emblems or do you, are they wearing any jewelry, that sort of thing? And a few times, uh, will there'll be maybe one or two of them that has some sort of, uh, a, something around their neck or they'll have a big emblem or something. And the next question is, we'll say, well, ask that council member why they've appeared to you with this, with this emblem here. And it usually has something to do with something they're trying to teach my client, or it has something to do with whatever the theme is going to be for their, you know, for their review, you know, that mm -hmm. they have. Um, one thing I like is they're, I mean, they, they chuckle sometimes. They're very funny sometimes, which gets my clients laughing. Um, like, you know, questions we would think were dumb questions or something like, you know, if, if, if it's something, um, they won't make fun of you, but sometimes they'll kind of look at each other and kind of chuckle a little bit and then they'll say, okay, we'll answer your question, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But basically, whatever question, you know, mostly the questions people have are, number one, they want confirmation on what, why the hell they're here. <laughs> why, why is their life this way? Why would, did I choose this or am I doing payback or something? And they always get the answer. They're always happy to answer for that. And what most people find when they tell them what their life's mission is, they find that they are right in the middle of it, you know, but they get mm -hmm. confirmation. And that's a whole different way of living after they go before the council, because, you know, we're having all this turmoil and everything. But then when you find out that you're right where you're supposed to be and right where you plan to be, then it's easier to go through some of the difficult things you have to go through because you realize you chose this class, you know, you chose this hard class in college because it was going to be difficult, you know, mm -hmm. so you could learn something. And so it's time to stop, you know, bitching about how hard it is or, or how tough the teacher is on you when you, Hey, you signed up for it. You know, that's mm -hmm. what most people mm -hmm. find out. Um, so um, what's interesting though, talking about aliens again, um, one of my clients was there and all of a sudden she, she's describing who's there. She says, well, there's a, it looks like a person like Merlin. And uh, then there's someone that looks like Cleopatra. And she goes, and then there's an alien. And then, and I went, wait a minute, an alien. And she goes, oh yeah, you don't have to be afraid of him. He's cool. You know, I mean, she wasn't afraid mm -hmm. of him and it was a gray, you know, one of the yeah. nutritional thing that way. So I said, well, ask, ask, we want to find, you know, we're doing research and we want to find out why is this alien on your council? And he said, just to show her that all souls come here. You know, in other words, when souls are there, you're born in the afterlife and you incarnate, not just on Earth, but there's, you know, is an alien somewhere or on another right. planet somewhere or something like that. And so it was a lesson for her just to expand her awareness, just saying, hey, even the aliens go home eventually or go back to where they were created, you know, uh, in that form. 
so that was very that was very interesting. Um, and I would say most of the time there's a female element. Like I'll say, well, now these guys, do they look male or female? Or are they androgynous? Mm -hmm. And it's a combination. You know, she like they'll be looking at one and she'll go, well, I can't quite tell if it's a man or a female energy, but maybe androgynous, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. they're definitely female and sometimes definitely, uh, definitely male. And they seem to show up in a form to where my clients can accept them. You know, like when mm -hmm. people go to a, in, in this process, we have people go to a past life. And mm -hmm. the reason we, the reason we have them go to a past life is because they have that memory they have the memory of dying. They have the memory of leaving that body mm -hmm. and they have the memory of going back home. OK, so it's like a, a, it's like an easy an easy door to go through to get where we really want to go, which is the afterlife. So mm -hmm. the past life, we, we don't spend a lot of time there. We do maybe uh, we'll ask what maybe we'll spend 20 minutes there, 25 mm -hmm. minutes, you know, going to their childhood, having them go to three or four important events and then have them go to their death scene. Um, now, occasionally. I'll get people that have past lives, which are seem to be not too long ago. Like they're talking mm -hmm. about the way the cars were in the fifties or sixties or something or forties. Um, mm -hmm. And, and um, uh, if they've had an interesting life, we make note of that. And then afterwards they'll, they'll say, Hey, I want to, I'd be interesting to find out more about that life for fun. You know, and I'll say, well, let's just do a, come back and we'll do a, a past life regression. We'll go back to there and we'll just dig, 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 see if we can find out names and addresses and places. Mm -hmm. And, and um, recently um, um, with one of my clients, we went for a third time uh, back to where she was and we found out a bunch of stuff that was chilling. It was so exciting though. She, um, in the first session we did, when I had her go through the tunnel, she comes out and into who she was before she's mm -hmm. standing on stage and she's given a speech. So she's wow. in trance and she goes, I said, what are you doing? She says, well, I'm giving a speech. And then she says, wow, it's, there's just women in the audience. This is strange. And or just a couple of guys, but it's mostly women she's talking to. And then mm -hmm. she's in trance and she, she, her, her head goes like this. I said, what happened? She goes, that guy that was there threw a tomato at me and it got all over <laughs> her dress. <laughs> and she says, she said, doesn't bother me. I'm just going to go on and talk. Well, then I wanted to know, find out, um, you know, in the second session, we came back, we went back to that same uh, scenario. And what it was, was she was giving a speech to women because she was working on the suffragettes or the women's rights. Mm -hmm. And I got, the, I said, well, what year is it? And she says, uh, uh, I think she said like 1858 or 1856, mm -hmm. something like that. And I said, well, let, do you, do you, you know, what do you do? She says, oh, I have a job. And the second session, I said, well, where do you work? And she says, I work, she, I says, one, two, three. I touch her on the forehead. I says, now you're where you work. And she, I said, where are you? She had her own desk and stuff. And she was working for, mm -hmm. she called it the Boston, maybe it was the Boston Globe or something. It's, in other words, the same newspaper is there today, but they call it mm -hmm. something different. So what was interesting about that was that she had no, you know, she would have, uh, she had, she never in this lifetime could have never heard it called that, you know, like on a, right. uh, in a newspaper or something. But we, when we went afterwards and we did research, we found out, oh my God, that's exactly the name it was at that time, just for a few years, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I had her go to an important event and she's like in a classroom. I said, where are you? She says, well, I'm in Harvard. And I went, you're in H Harvard? Uh, and she goes, yes. I said, well, look around how many people are like in your class. 
and incredulous again. She's in the in trance, and she goes like her head goes. She's I'm the only woman in here. Weird. She's <laughs> the only woman. There's all these guys. So when we afterwards we looked it up, and at that very time, in that time period, was when Harvard first allowed women to go to the college. So that explained a lot, you know. Right, um, right, right. So um, uh, ended up finding out she had a uh, she got an an award um, mm -hmm. uh, for um, she was you know women for women's rights or something you know the women mm -hmm. gave her some kind of award for stuff so um, you know it it's, this makes it kind of fun sometimes that way when you can kind of you know we didn't exactly get her name right or or something or right. we wouldn't know how to look for that but at least some of the stuff there's enough there that you go wow this really could have been her you know in that lifetime and so and what's funny in this lifetime she's been extremely abused um i mean it's horrible what she's had to go through with abuse from men um but she really feels that she's supposed to write about it to help other women uh, mm -hmm. Again, you know, to have to, uh, and that's what women are dealing with in this world right now is a lot of violence, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. In my regular clients, like I do regular sessions for uh, about 70% of my clients are women that have rape, incest, or uh, violence that have been done to them and they have PTSD. And um, that's, uh, I work with them all the time on, uh, on getting through that, you know, so um I don't know, past lives can be, it, but I'll tell you most of the time, because people think, oh, I was a king or I was a queen or, you know, maybe something like this in another lifetime. Probably right. isn't going to be, you know, most of the time they're what we call digging potatoes lives. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're just the peasants or they're in, you know, uh, just, just eking out of an existence or having a very simple just peaceful life in a mm -hmm. wet town in the old west or something, you know, where they have a, a they're working on a farm, you know, with the kids and stuff like that. Um, but when when people when people get to the end of their life there and they're looking down at their body or their funeral, I always ask them the question and I say, every lifetime has a purpose and a meaning and something mm -hmm. you were supposed to learn in that lifetime. That life that you just lived and now that you've passed away and could look down on it. What did you learn? And it's always something beautiful, you know, like mm -hmm. they learned to work together. They learned, uh, uh, you know, they learned how to um, to be a good mother or a good father uh, or learn to be independent or learned, you know, to like to stick up for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, always there's always a lesson there, you know, that's uh, uh, it's like going to college and you take English 101, you know, and then right. you're done with that. Okay, you learn something and then you go, okay, what else can I take? Okay, let me take geography 101, you know, and you come out of that and you just know a little bit more. You grow a little bit more all the time. When so, you talk about, well, real quick, not to interrupt, yeah. sorry. When you talk about falling asleep at night and going into that state to go to heaven, mm -hmm. is that, is it a meditation thing or how, or how are people well, trained to do that? Um. I don't know. If, I think there's a few people that can probably do this on their own without a facilitator there. Most okay. of us, um, as we get right to that point, uh -huh. and uh, it's like you're just about to fall asleep and you're getting a great idea, like for your show or something, you know, uh -huh. and and then boom, next thing you know, it's morning, you know, because you were right on there and you slipped right into sleep. Right. Um, but what I say happens sometimes is in the dream state, people will find themselves like in a past life. Or they'll find themselves um, uh, with a guide or an angel and, and they'll be on the other side. And that's when it, you know, when it kind of happens naturally. 
But the problem with that is, is because your your physical body is in this deep state of sleep and you've mm-hmm. gone a little too far, you only remember a little bit of it. You know, you come out and you go, I know something really cool happened, but what the heck was that, you know, kind of thing. But what's good about what we do, because I'm talking and communicating with people, I keep mm-hmm. them in that state to keep them from falling asleep. Um, and they do sometimes. So sometimes I'll t- they're not responding to me, so I'll know, okay, they've slipped into sleep. I'll just touch them on the hand a little bit, and I'll say, mm-hmm. are you there? Are you there? I'll say, Charlotte, mm-hmm. can you hear me? You know, mm-hmm. you go, oh, mm-hmm. and then what we do is we continue, you know. Although right. I did have a funny session where a, a gentleman came to me, and um, um, he went right from this beta state we're in now. You know, there's beta, then the next step down is alpha, and then uh-huh. theta, and then delta. Delta, you're just out, out for the night, you know. And in le- less than 10 minutes, he went from this state to his deepest state of sleep as you could get. And I could not even wake him up. I tried for like 15 minutes. I'd shake his hand. I'd talk loud, even went by his ear and talked loud. Uh-huh. Nothing. He ended up just sleeping for two and a half hours on my couch until he woke <laughs> up naturally because he was out. Come to find out, though, he was a meth user and uh, he'd been up for three days, you know, anticipating the session. And he he had an issue where his son had, had died and um, uh, he felt guilty about it. Uh, and he wanted to talk to his, you know, kind of talk to his son, sure. um, you know, but um, anyway, we talked about it. We did some regular therapy, which kind of helped. So we still had a good session and we made some headway with, uh, uh, with taking away some of his guilt and, and, you know, just kind a regular therapy session. Um, but that was, um, interesting and so he says okay i'm trying to get off the meth you know he says but i'm in such emotional turmoil and pain that's the only thing gives me some relief and i said hey Mm -hmm. you know do the best you can do and and then hopefully he'll come back another time and we'll give it another shot you know Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. um now when these people i mean when when you're a living person that faces the council does the council treat you any, any differently from someone that has deceased um that's a great question um I'll tell you how they always treat you, and that's they always treat you in a very benevolent, loving, kind way. Mm-hmm. Uh, to some people, they're a little bit stern. Like I remember one of my clients; she's she's before the council, and then she she speaks up and she goes, she goes, Ugh, they're being kind of stern with me. Oh, I guess I need that, you know, kind of like because um, she really needed to hear some things uh, where she was um, needed to improve in and she knew Mm -hmm. that and she kind of didn't want but it's like a parent that really cares about you who sets Mm -hmm. you down and looks you in the eye and says you really need to do this you really need to do this or you're you're not going to be happy you know and sometimes we don't want to hear that you know Uh, so it was but they they're never they never belittle you they never they they never you never feel like um, a bad person afterwards Um, what people feel is Oh my gosh, I'm finally before someone who sees all of my crap. I see everything here and they're talking nice to me and they're smiling and they're trying to help me. And I don't have that here on earth. I can't go to anybody, can't talk to my my spouse or something like that because they're going to judge me and I can't do this. Uh, it's a great, it's a, it's a, a great, great feeling. One of the things happened in my first session that I, I think of all the time now, when after I had the session, I didn't remember it at all because we record all these and so much happens. And and you're totally aware. I mean, that's what's interesting is my clients, they're right there. They're in trance. Mm -hmm. I can tell they're in trance because usually when people are in trance, their eyes kind of move up in their eyelids a little bit. And you see the whites of their eyes and the whites of their eyes are like rimming, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're talking just like you and I are talking. 
I mean, uh -huh. it's just so it, it's the same volume and everything like this, but here they are and I'm watching them in trance. And um, so um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Let me get back on here. Uh, what, do, what was your question? Ask me your question again. Oh, about I think, the council. Yeah. And about how they treat you and everything. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, you know, that way. So um, um, the strangest council I ever had was just two weeks ago when I had a client. And the main reason she came to me was because of the loss of her husband six months before. Uh, uh -huh. She'd been married to him for like, I think, 17 years. Um, and, you know, they spent all day together, went to bed together, got up together. They were like two peas in a pod, totally loved each other, didn't have any issues or problems. And then he just up and dies uh, with cancer and it went really fast. And she's just, I mean, er, you know, six months and every day she's just Kleenex, you know, a box of Kleenex every day, you know. Right. And she missed him so much. Um, and so they treated her uh, with kid gloves over there. It was so beautiful. Um, so where her council was, was on a beach instead of like in a building or something. It was on a very peaceful beach with the ocean coming in with just these beautiful, soft waves. And mm -hmm. she had, I said, how many people on your council? And she says, one. I said, one. I said, that's interesting. And um, so we said, well, ask your council member, you know, what's his name that we can call him? And he, he jokingly says, oh, just call me God. <laughs> call me God. So we said, okay, God, you know, he was just joking with us, you know, because I says, how's he look? And he says, well, he's appearing to me with the big white beard and the, you know, the kind of thing that we picture God mm -hmm. looking like, you know, and she laughed at that. She says, oh, that's my Catholic upbringing. You know, he's just knows that I accept that. Okay. Um, and he answered all of her questions. And then one by one, people that had passed on uh, showed up at the beach she was able to have conversations with them, but the first person that showed up was her husband, and he walked along the beach with her. And I'll tell you, ah, uh, it's it's. Um, <laughs> I remember me uh, crying too with her. Um, it was it was the most beautiful reunion as he was holding her. They were holding hands, walking along the beach, and he was telling her he's just fine over there. It was just his time to go, and telling you know, they were talking about that they'd had many lifetimes before that. They're only mm -hmm. disconnected for the short time right now. And he was telling her that it would be good for her and helpful to her. Said so there's other uh, uh, men down here that could use someone beautiful like her to be with and someone that she could have a good relationship with. So he gave her this permission at that time to say, look, someone's and he told her, he says, I see somebody coming along pretty soon and you're going to have a great relationship with this man. So don't feel mm -hmm. guilty or feel bad or feel anything like this because it's just how it's supposed to be. OK, mm -hmm. and that was a good thing for her because, you know, uh, that's how people on the other side, they want what's best for us and they want us to right. be happy and that sort of thing. And so um, all of a sudden, um, some other people in her life showed up. Uh, she had conversations with them and they decided to have a party. So there's there. Here they are. There's this. If you picture there's this little table. Here's this guy that we call God <laughs> there who's mm -hmm. overseeing everything, answering questions. And he's kind of orchestrating this thing that one by one, um, people that she loved or something were showing up to comfort her, to, mm -hmm. to help her through this. And so all of a sudden there's music and people are dancing and she's just being there with her husband and she, she missed dearly. Um, and um, it was just, I don't know, the scene, it was just, 
it was like, gosh, how, how nurturing were they to her to have her uh, because she loves water. She loves the ocean and everything. Mm -hmm. So they created a, a place to where she would feel comfortable and where she could have this reunion with her husband, you know, that way. Um, so um, she was so moved by it that she couldn't talk after the session because usually we do a debriefing for about a half an hour. And she mm -hmm. says, Regan, I, I'm not trying to be rude here or something like this, but I don't think I can do that right now. I'm just I'm just shaking inside. And I said, OK, 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 says, hey, let's just wait a few days and then we'll do a debriefing and everything. So 10 days later, we did just last week, we did a, a debriefing and she says, Regan, that was I just can't tell you how how much how how much changed in me since last week. He says how I still miss them like crazy, but I'm, I'm functioning much better now. Um, it was nice to know that, uh, you know, know that we're going to be together soon anyway, that, mm -hmm. you know, she's in her 70s now, doesn't have long to wait, maybe 10 or 15, 20 years or something. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that she could see how many souls she had over there, like in her soul group, that were giving her support and being there and 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 celebrating with her, celebrating life, you know. Um, so that was good to hear. I like when I get feedback. Sometimes I'll get feedback from people like I saw three years ago or four years ago or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, hey, just checking in with you and telling you life is, is, is cuckoo as hell, but I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying it like you wouldn't imagine, you know, because people still, even though it's, I mean, look at some of the, these gurus or these people that are so, you know, have so much knowledge about God on the other side. And you right. look at their hu human lives and they're falling apart every which way, you know, so it doesn't correlate um, spiritualness with not having problems, you know. Right. Um, but what I would say is, is that once you get the answers to things like why you have to go through certain things, why these roadblocks are are, are uh, why these roadblocks are chances to evolve and to learn mm -hmm. and grow by going through the challenges um, and people people, you know, they still have issues, but they get through them with less emotional damage and they get mm -hmm. through them with joy instead of cursing, you know, mm -hmm. their, their issue, their problem that they have. And that's, that means a happy life, you know, uh, that way. So <clears throat> asking you, my, my, uh, facilitator here too, like in your life, when you're doing all this work and stuff like that, what's your, what's the biggest challenge that you have to deal with? I think, you know, it's, it's getting people to open up to talk about their stuff. Yeah. Because okay. a lot of people are really, they're, they're, they're afraid to in a lot of ways. And, you know, you have to, you know, you're not only going in there as a ghost hunter, but you're also going in there as a psychiatrist, as a psychiatrist in a lot of ways, because yeah. you have to, you have to dig in to see what else may be going on that's underlying that could contribute to, you know, the activity they're seeing in the house. Yeah, I'm wondering about that sometimes. Do you think that the the consciousness or the attitude, of, in other words, if a person is living in a place where there's a ghost and they have a really mm -hmm. crappy attitude, they're very negative people in that, are they more apt to have uh, ghosts and things that bother them rather than if they're like a, a chill person who who's loving and sweet and kind? Uh, does it seem to have any correlation between the personalities, I guess, of the people? It does sometimes. Um, negative people, and it's, it's always like that. Ne negative issues will draw in negative things. You know, yeah. it's like anything else with the universe. So, yeah, but, I mean, that's like, uh, I have a 300-question questionnaire I go in with. Oh, my God. When I interview people. I mean, I'm really watching body language. Wow. I'm watching everything. Because you really want to get wow. down to the nitty-gritty. You know, are they on medication? Are they... 
having health issues? Do they drink? You know, are they taking re recreational drugs? You know, are, are they getting along? You know, it's all that stuff that we look at because I mean, wow, a lot of factors, a lot of factors. Wow, that's amazing. Because I, the one thing I did hear way back in the 70s or 80s in the spiritual mm -hmm. community, and we were talking about drugs. And they'll say, well, take drugs if you want to. But sometimes these drugs, they poke holes in your aura a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when you have holes in there, then other things can get in through those holes. Yes. Yep. And you can you can attract negativity, you know, that yeah. way. Um, so, just I look, like, so like I said, I've got psychologists on staff. I've got nurses on staff. Wow. Where, so where are you I'm able to, where Sacramento. Are you Sacramento. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's because that's yeah. my stomp, old stomping grounds. What part of Sacramento? All over. <laughs> All over. Because <laughs> I I grew up in North Highlands, you know. Oh yeah, uh, I'm in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to give my location out over the air, but oh, yeah, yeah, I'm right, just, right, right. yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, uh, we do have all the Sacramento area a lot, you know, up in the uh, Gold Country and all that as well. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah so yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a huge responsibility going in to somebody's house and talking yes. with them about what may may or may not be going on. Because that's right. your and, job is to play detective. But yeah, and so do you ever? Are you ever able to counsel them and to say, okay, um, from me taking the survey and everything on you, the thing you can tell by experience is that what part they're contributing to this, yeah, and what they yeah. maybe have to do yes. to okay, yeah. yeah, wow, wow, wow. So uh, yeah. some you have to be. That's like a medium who just tells what they, you know, tells it like it is. And then the yeah. people have to kind of deal with that, don't they? Yeah. So you have to, you have to be that way. And that's why it's taken me years to get the staff that I have, you know, to work with. Yeah. Because, you know, once I do the interview and if, if I feel like there is something underlying going on, I'll, the next time they see me, I'll have the nurse in toll. I'll have the nurse with me or the social worker with me or the psychiatrist with me to discuss this stuff. Yeah, because I would think that for some people that you see, it you would be a breath of fresh air because here's somebody coming in that's going to believe what I say and not think I'm making it up or that it's uh -huh. that I'm going crazy or something. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, and that way. What's the what's the biggest tool? What's the biggest tool that you use, like with electronic stuff to to kind of I mean to kind of uh, get that entity to show itself or to identify that it's there? Is it is it uh, the the what do you call it the EV stuff or the what do you call yeah the that? EVPs yeah we work EVPs. in we we work with along with the psychics in in the house mm -hmm. and uh, or in the or in the business or wherever and they'll tell us what's there that gives me a guide because I don't want to be asking some ghost from the 1800s about cell phones oh yeah or anything like that so that gives me a guide of who I'm talking to what you know what what yeah. I'm talking to and then and then we get better responses out of it. So for yeah. us, in order to really prove that there's something there, we have to have at least three things come through, you know, as proof. So it might be an EVP. It might be in conjunction with a dowsing rod session. It might be in conjunction with what, what the psychic's saying, or even a photograph mm -hmm. that we get. So oh, before, yeah. before we even, you know, before we even say, "Hey, you've got something here," I have to have three types of evidence. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you? Have you learned anything from these people that are doing it that do these TV shows? Are they like a step ahead of you with the because they've got funding and they can have more fancy instruments and things? Or would they be more they would do better to learn from what you know? <laughs> I've learned a little bit. In fact, I'm, I don't watch a lot of those shows because I figure mm. we're out doing this stuff all the time. Yeah. But people like John Zaffis that have been doing this for years and years and years, 
Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot of techniques that, you know, and I never would even thought to try, you know, on the investigations from him. And you're writing a book about all this. And I am. Yeah. I'm writing a book about going in. I grew up in a haunted house. I grew up seeing things. And then I went for a long time where I didn't see things, you know, because you get busy in your life Mm -hmm. and and you push, push that stuff to the back. And then I became a journalist and then I got, you know, that whole attitude. And then I'm writing it from that perspective of being a believer, going to a non-believer and then coming back to being a believer. Yeah. And that's probably the healthiest thing that could have happened. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's just like religion, you know, where kids, they grow up with a certain religion and then they throw it in the trash and they go, no, no, no. And then pretty Mm -hmm. soon when they become mature, a lot of times they come back to it or to something, at least some religion or something, you know, you mm-hmm, know, after mm-hmm. that. And so mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's healthy for people that are agnostic even, you know, they're on the fence. They don't know if they believe or not. I think it would be interesting sometime. Maybe I'll get a chance sometimes to do a session for an atheist. You know, be it would be, inter- it, it would be, you know, um, I'm trying to get some funding and stuff now to do a, uh, a documentary. And I have a few people circling because they think this, they're just trying to think how can they make it interesting? Because these sessions, um, sure. shoot, you know, five hours, six hours long, and, mm-hmm. and half the time, you're, I'm just sitting there with my client's experiencing something, and then they'll tell me when they're done. There's a lot of, you know, that's not, people are not going to watch that very often. <laughs> you know, it's like watching a flower grow, right, you know, kind right. of thing. But there's there's ways that they could do. But I thought, wouldn't it be interesting, because uh, you're a researcher just like me, if mm-hmm. we had a, a priest and a rabbi and an imam uh, mm-hmm. all go, to, you know, have a session, all ask the same exact questions, mm-hmm. and just to compile all that and see what the differences would be or if there was any differences. I mean, I think that would really maybe help a lot with people seeing in a sense that, you know, it's, it's, we're all in the same soup, you know, like some, mm-hmm. some people are the carrots, some people are the potatoes and some people are the peas and some people are the gravy, but it's all the same soup, you know. Uh, That's one of the of questions thing. I had for you before, before we end this day is when you went to heaven and these people talk about going to heaven, is it in their own vision, the stuff they see, or what's it like for them? Well, I think um, a lot of people, when they see things and they go, oh, I already knew that. And I think, well, mm-hmm. you could take that one of two ways. You know, either uh, either they had imagined it one time and made it up and now they're just seeing what mm-hmm. they made up. Or they actually felt or sensed that that was it. And this is just a confirmation that what they saw and what they knew is actually true. You know, so they have to they have to decide between that. And people ask me, well, you know, because we have powerful imaginations. I mean, we have such powerful imaginations. And mm-hmm. you think people say, well, I think it's just when people are just relaxed that way, their imagination set free and they make all this stuff up. Um, but what makes it real or what, what it seems to me is that the imagination plays an important part in getting this getting this rolling. It's like the mm-hmm. kindling that starts mm-hmm. the fire. And so uh, it, um I do a little bit of leading at the very beginning where I have them do a, like a guided meditation of being like on an island and, you mm-hmm. know, f- feeling themselves walk along the sand and hearing the birds and smelling stuff and, and everything. But uh, once we get to where they go through this tunnel, they get to a past life, then I have to begin to ask nothing but open-ended questions. So I don't tell sure. them what they're seeing. I don't suggest what they're seeing. I'll just Mm -hmm. say, look around, what do you see, you know, and then they start filling it in. And there's a point where I see where that goes from imagination to, to real, 
you know, and sometimes it's with the amount of emotion uh, that people have. Um, for instance, one of my um, my young clients, um, when he came out to a past life, um, the first thing he's doing, his face just got all red and then he and he started screaming and he was yelling nails, nails, nails. So I took him out really quick, you know, like that, because that, that, that shocked me. You know, I'm going, oh, my gosh. And so we talked about a little bit. And I said, what was happening? He says, I was upside. I was being nailed upside down on a cross, wow. you know, and he does. He says, I could feel the nails going through my hands. And um, and I went, oh, my gosh. So um, that was early on before I learned a few tricks here, because people, if they do this sort of thing, they go to a past life. Cause we've died all kinds of crazy ways, you know, as you can mm-hmm. imagine. And sometimes they've not been so pleasant. So when people are in a state of trance and I coach them ahead of time and I'll tell them if if something gets to be too emotional that you don't want to feel uh, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to speak up and say and I will touch you on the forehead here and you'll be like out of your body watching it like on a movie Mm -hmm. screen and that's what most people do you know if they although I've had a few they say no I want to experience this because they know that they're not really going through it on one level but on the other hand they're like in that body going through that particular thing you know Um, so um, and the thing too like I did, it was a 10 year old girl I did a session for at the request of parents. We don't usually do this with children because if they go to a past life and there's some sort of trauma, their 10 year old self doesn't know how to process that like, uh, like an adult mm-hmm. would. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to re-traumatize them. But I had done a session for the mother and the father who came to me for couples therapy because they were in, they were like this in, in therapy. And so mm-hmm. their therapist said, well, since I'm not getting anywhere with you and you guys love each other, but you're, you can't budge here, go see mm-hmm. Regan. He'll, he'll put you this process and you'll talk to the higher selves of yourself up there. So, uh, and that's the point that we, in this research we've done that, um, you know, we found out that when you decided to be Charlotte, you didn't put mm-hmm. all of your soul self into Charlotte. You kept about half of yourself back home. So one of the beautiful things in the sessions that what I have people do now, I ask the council if they can see their higher self, the higher self appears. They get to see what it what it looks like. They get to d- describe what it is. And then I have them walk into their higher self. And when they mm-hmm. walk into their, oh, my gosh, Charlotte, it's like it's like they're like, whoa, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you know, kind of thing. And they can feel this. They feel like they're Solomon, like they have the all this wow. knowledge and everything. It's amazing, you know, what they feel. Uh, so anyway, with the 10 year old girl, um, I, the mom and dad talked to their higher selves on the other side. They found out what the issue was. They came back and then they were finally willing to like sit down and, Hey, we got to do something here. So that was mm-hmm. beautiful that they, they went to right to the source to find out what was really going on between the two of them. But now they said, we, Regan, we need, we trust you now. and We need to have you help us with our 10 year old daughter. And I explained to him, we don't usually do that. And he says, well, ever since she's three years old, she has told us time and time again that she was stabbed to death in the back of a car. And that's ever since she was three years old. And it still frightens wow. her to this day. She has that image. So I said, okay, you both be in the room. I said, we're going to take this very, very easy. The 10-year-old went right into trance. All of a sudden, she's in a past life where, where she's a man named George. And so the parents, when they're all of a sudden, she's talking like George. And, and uh, George has this job, has a wife and two kids. And uh, there was a point when I had George go to a later part in her life uh, George was crying because her, his wife had just died. And so here's mm-hmm. this 10-year-old little girl, this 10-year-old little girl there with te- tears coming down her eyes because she, as George in that other lifetime's wife had just died. Wow. 
I mean, it was, it, but it was, it was tears of, of sadness, you know, coming down her eyes. And mm-hmm. the, I'm looking at the parents and they're looking at her and they're going, oh my gosh, this is so real, you know, like that. So anyway, when she passed away, we didn't, we still didn't find out about where she stabbed to death in the back of a car. An angel appeared and she saw it as an angel with wings. Okay. Beautiful hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was blonde or brunette or whatever. The motherly, it, it, she felt, you know, she was describing her as just so loving and beautiful and this angel held her and we asked this question we says well we came here today to find out if uh, this 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 thing about her being stabbed to death in the back of her actually happened and the mm-hmm. angel said yes she said yes it did and she says it's not in this she says it's not about this lifetime this was sometime a long time ago you don't have to worry about anything about that now and um it is okay and we asked well why did she get stabbed and she says she doesn't need to know that now it's just and she said to the little girl, she says, it's just something that had to happen for both you and for him, for this experience mm-hmm. for you to go through. But it's OK. And that angel telling her that when she came out of trance, I said, how do you feel about that now? And she says, oh, I feel better. I feel so much better now, you know. Mm-hmm. So interesting. But that was one thing. I mean, if you were there in that room watching this thing happen and you realize this is not just this little girl making this up. There was too real. You know, mm-hmm. it was this. You know, a 10-year-old girl that doesn't know anything about reincarnation and that's not also going to find herself being a guy named George that's 90 years old, losing mm-hmm. his wife, you know, in a, in a session. Mm-hmm. So once you do this for a while, it's just like you with the ghost. Would, if you were, let's say when you were first starting to do this and you were with somebody and something happened, you'd have all these things. Well, did that really happen? Is that really real? But when mm-hmm. you do this enough now, you know it's real. You know, you know, this is a real phenomena. And what we're trying to do now is we're just trying to understand it so that we can kind of fix it into what the world's really like. And how do Uh you deal with things like that? Is it is it something that's going to harm us or is it something that's not, you know, Uh are are Uh these just um, images or like I say, imprints of something that happened, like a video going by time and time again? And that entity's not even there. Uh Have you what do you think about that sometimes? Can it be either or or? You know, like, is it just a, like an imprint of something that happened that like a video that's that's playing back and forth in the space and there's not really a soul that's there, but they're just seeing the imprint of it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh. It happens. It happens a lot more than you think it does. Yeah. Huh. A lot of the so time. how would you get rid of an imp? It seems like it might be harder to get rid of an imprint than it would be if that was actually the soul there that you could communicate and have tell them it's time to go to the light or something, you know. It is hard. And in a lot of places, those imprints stay, you know, well, as long as, as long as they're peaceful, you know, and the yeah. client, the, the client doesn't mind them being there. Those imprints yeah. stay because, because, it, you know, it's not, you're not only dealing with just the soul imprint itself, you're dealing with the imprint that might be in the, in the walls of the building because, you know, yeah. wood and everything can, can hold energy. And so yeah. it's, it's it, like you say, it's difficult to get those out of there. So a lot of the time they end up staying. Yeah. So, I mean, once, once they can, because uh, I can say if that was happening here and you came and you say you, you being an expert in this says, oh, nothing to worry about. You know, you're going to they're not going to like come and stab you in the middle of the mm-hmm, night or something. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. nothing negative here. It's just an imprint. And I, I can see people going, oh, OK, OK, we don't right, have to sell the right. house. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Have you had it? Absolutely. Have you had anybody that's moved because of uh, they can't get rid of the entities? Have they ever done that? No. No, usually we're pretty good, but we're pretty good about getting rid of them. I mean, there's cases yeah. where, you know, where they're connected to the ground, you know, to, to the earth itself, and maybe they might have to move, but mm-hmm. those are rare and far between when you run into that yeah. stuff. 
Like when people say there's a poltergeist or something here, is that mm -hmm. a real negative entity, a poltergeist? It depends. A lot, you know, poltergeist, well, what's interesting is the definition of a poltergeist has changed over the years. Mm. Um, some of it, you know, sometimes you run into these poltergeists where the husband and wife have been fighting a lot. Oh. And in fact, there's a case that's out there on the internet that's pretty well known right now about that. And they'll, they'll kiss and make up, supposedly kiss and make up. But the problem is, you know, husbands and wives will carry those grudges like forever. And you know, uh, like, you know how it is when you're arguing five years later, you yes. might go, well, remember that time when. Da -da 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 -da. Yes. Uh -huh. So it's like, and I always think back to the Brady Bunch because every time that he, that <laughs> Carol and Mike would argue, he'd say, "Well, let, 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 let's let, let's talk this out now because we don't want to go to bed angry." Yeah. And there's a, and a lot of poltergeist cases happen because the couple will go to bed, they're angry, even though they may not realize they're angry, and then stuff just starts going on in the house while they're sleeping. Yeah. Well, you know, don't, it all leads back to that. Yeah. Don't you think we're starting to? I think we're in the a good beginning stages of understanding energy and realize mm -hmm. that in other words uh, if, you know that in other more people now are believing like that there is such a thing as auras or in other words mm -hmm. if you have look at a certain way you can see the the colors emanating mm -hmm. from us that sort of thing and that our consciousness is not just in here but it's more mm -hmm. you know it's more outside our body and everything too because one thing that's made me a believer um charlotte is doing um with my regular therapy practice is when I have people with PTSD, I use three modalities that work work miracles with PTSD. And that's the tapping, you know, the EFT, which a lot of people right. are aware of now. It's like psychological acupuncture. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. so, and it's, people can learn it in 20, 25 minutes. They can learn how to do it. And mm -hmm. uh, Harvard, Harvard Medical School finally um, uh, said, hey, you know, we're hearing people screaming at us. Can't we test this or something? And Harvard said, yeah, we can. So mm -hmm. they had, they hooked people up to machines uh, when people did the tapping, they watched their amygdala, which is like the fire alarm in your brain going off when you have stress. Mm -hmm. They watched it calm down when people tapped. They they took a, 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 a their sample of blood and tested the cortisol level, which is the stress hormone. And they couldn't believe it. They said in five minutes, people's cortisol levels dropped from 25 to 50 percent across the board with everybody. Um, and uh, and then also. Um, uh, if, you, if you take a sample of blood and put it under a dark field microscope. And like on my website, on the visittheafterlife.com, there's a there's a, a, a thing on the EFT tab and there's an uh -huh. eight minute video and it shows part of there where they take and show you what looks what the blood looks like before tapping and after and your mouth will drop. And that's why we see a lot of physical healings happen in people when they tap, because what it does, it opens up all the blocked energy that's in your body. So your body can naturally uh -huh. go to where it needs to go to heal itself. You know, mm -hmm. so it's I've seen miracle after miracle with that. I mean, I love when people come in with a fear or phobia or the PTSD, because I know that I can, you know, sometimes some sessions, some people, it's a little harder than others. But usually mm -hmm. within three or four sessions, they always have a semblance of normalcy back in their life when they've not been normal for 40 years or 50 years. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's wonderful that that works. So, again, that's energy. You know, mm -hmm. we can't see it, but we're figuring it's there, you know. Uh, and I'm there's even, a lot I, of there's a lot of discussion about frequency as well. You know, I, yeah. I've heard a lot of discussion about that coming out recently. Well, and so, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like they're finding yeah. out that certain cancers uh, grow at a certain frequency and they're destroyed yes. at another frequency. You know, yeah. people doing all yeah. this therapy and trying to find out each disease 
what mm -hmm. the what the vibration of that is and what's the opposite vibration you have to reverse that you know mm -hmm. so we're uh, you, you'll probably live to see a lot of this i'm i'm in my what mid 70s now so i i wish i was like 25 or 30 now and i could see all these changes that are coming well i do too i think it's really exciting i think it's i think it's tremendously it? exciting what's what's we're going lucky on, you know we're so lucky aren't we you absolutely know? absolutely you know what it's always fun to have you on thank you so oh, it's much always, i love it ask me back you know of course what i'll be um, I'll be the next time I'm on the show. I'll be getting closer to eighty. So <laughs> we'll try. We'll try and get sooner you, than that. We'll try and get you back sooner next time. Okay. Yeah. Put me. Put me in the rotation. I. I. I yeah. I, I a, love. I love beautiful talking energy. to you. I love yeah, talking I love to talking you too, to you. Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, that's and great. I'm, I'm right here in Marin, so I'm just a hundred miles from you. So. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, but it's not bad but at all. Yeah, I have seven grandchildren in uh, Sacramento. In the they're in uh, Roseville, uh, Lincoln. Oh, cool. Let's see, Roseville and Lincoln right now is where they are. And that's the one thing I'll tell you. When I was on the other side, I was before the council, and I, they uh -huh. told me I was doing pretty good in what I'd set, come down here to do. They were pretty proud of me. They said, look, you're doing really good. But I said, well, is there anything else I can do to be better, to make my life better? They said one sentence, and I didn't remember it until I listened to the tape. They said, you could be a better grandfather. And when I, hear, when I heard that, and I thought, better grandfather, I thought, I never had grandparents really, so... I didn't think grandparents were a big deal. You know, I thought, mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't really do anything with my grandkids. But when I heard that, I took that to heart. And I, in the last three, four years now, I've, I'll tell you, it's enlivened my life. I'm just so attached to those grandkids now. And I'm their play toy. I get tired of playing, um, forget what game they play. Uh, <laughs> I remember playing it 10 times in a row and thinking, well, I've just got to be there for the grandkids, you know. Oh, uh, Candyland. I think it's called Candyland Candy or something Land. like yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm an Candy expert Land. at that right now. But anyway, <laughs> just that one thing that I learned and that I took mm -hmm. it to heart and they told me that. And then I mm -hmm. did some action on it. It's been a beautiful thing for my life. So Fantastic. You know, yeah. How can people well, find you, you, sir? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, it's on the screen there. It's visit the afterlife. There's two T's visit the afterlife.com. Some great videos on there. There's even a showing a session of a young lady that's going through the process on there. So people can kind of see what it's like. And I'm still uh, happy to give away uh, for probably the next six months. Uh, I have a, uh, my newest book is called reincarnation is real. And it's okay. about all the current research. It's, it, You'll read some and then you'll click and you'll go to some vi a YouTube video somewhere about this research and then back to read and back to it's a real easy read. And it kind of gives you an overview that there's all kinds of proof now, all kinds of uh, a book. Another book, my book is called Three Hours, 33 Minutes in Heaven, which is on Amazon and pretty much anywhere. Okay, uh, cool. But there's another book that people should buy. It's called Before and it's published by the University of Virginia and their study on children who remember past lives. And they have hundreds of cases now where what the children told them, they were able to send researchers out and find out that those facts were absolutely true of what those children wow. remembered and what they saw. That's exciting, you know. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. All righty, sir. Well, you right, have a great Charlotte. rest of your evening. And thank I will, you. And you I'll, too. I'll definitely be in touch sooner than later, okay? okay? Uh, okay. That would be wonderful. Talk to you later. All right. Good luck okay, in your Reagan. journey. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right. It's always fun to have him on. I love talking to him. He's got great energy. Tomorrow, please make a note, we will be on at noon with Ronald Kinsella, and we're going to be talking about the dark side of alien abduction tomorrow. So that'll be noon because he is now living in, he is living in the UK. So we're doing that. But of course, there will be a replay for the rest of you guys 
at, you know, later on in the day. All right. I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And, uh, love you. Love you all the pieces. And again, you know, whoa, isn't that great? Snap. And again, you know, we are trying to reach our, um, expense goal for the month and uh we're falling behind on that if you if you can find it in your heart to help us out for a little bit that would be great uh paypal.me or california haunts radio uh, california haunts i'm sorry or california haunts at venmo but you don't have to it's all good it's all good i understand but anyway uh i want to thank every each and every one of you and uh if you haven't done so already and you're watching from facebook or any place like that please hit that follow button or if you're over at youtube please hit that subscribe button because we got some great shows coming up and uh just want to keep delivering good shows. Okay. Anyway, I'll see you guys tomorrow noon. Have a great evening.